Welcome back. I know what you're thinking. We're here. North South Collide. Resurrected. Let's go! Back on. One, two. Right. Good to go, mate. Good. Right then. Bonjour. Back to business. Back to business, yes, yeah. So, I wanted to bring up a thing, and it's, again, it's something that, especially when you're actively looking for new jobs or whatever, it's just something that you kind of always think about. Are you scared you'll never find out what you were put on this planet for? And yeah, we are going deep. I, no, I'm not. Do you, but do you believe, for example, that like each person is given like a certain talent or whatever? No. Why not? Because it's like, Bloody hell, mate. <laughs> this is, we're, we're rolling into the deep now. Okay. Firstly, I don't think it's like this, this, this thing exists where you've just got one talent or one thing. A lot of what you end up doing is through luck, yeah? And you just end up getting good at that job. Um, There's a lot of people that have like a God-given talent. Do you think? Yeah. But, but it, it can be so generic. For example, um, one, 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 something I'm would say it's like a talent of mine is writing, for example, because I've always been enjoyed reading and writing a lot. But that's so that's that could be applied to anything. For example, you could apply it to journalism, you could apply it to politics, mm. you could apply it to law, or you could apply it to copywriting and advertising. It's not that's not. A but skill this is the thing. Maybe you've not job. found what you were actually really good at. You could be really good at, for example, working at a pizza restaurant. That could have been the reason you were put on. You were really good at flipping. Maybe I think I think I'd, I think I'd do a lovely restaurant actually if I was to put my. Like you do good mind. Irish coffee. Exactly. So I mean that's like the maybe that was when you found out that you could do the best ever one of that. Yeah, but that was the reason you should maybe off, open like a coffee coffee. Shop I should have been a barista, but the thing is that is such a generic thing. Even just working in the pizza shop. I mean, why are you good? Some people are maybe good waiting because they're confident, and friendly, and good at chatting with people. And then it put people at ease. Maybe you'll, you'd be good as a chef because you're, you're good at cooking, or perhaps you're, you've got a good organisational mind and you can manage the place. But just working in a pizza shop is a very generic thing. And if you take my example of being a, a manager in it and being have good organisational skills, that doesn't put you in the place of just being able to run a pizza shop. You could work in any different number of operations and, and manage it. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, the, for example, maybe footballing is something that you're born to do, born to be good at. But I bet you that if you are Lionel Messi, for example, and you just were born in a different country and start playing a different sport, you'd just be equally as good at that. You honestly think that? Yeah. because So you think you'd be good at maybe like rowing? Yeah, for example. I mean, because of his size, you'd have to take away the really physical ones. But something with skill. For example, tennis. I mean, I know a lot of the tennis players are generally quite tall. Well, a lot of a lot of it is obviously about athleticism, isn't it? But but the thing, yeah, and all, I just think that generally, obviously, he's got a good sort of, he's got a good mind for for this, like for being able to qu- quickly use his body, uh, and 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 have this athleticism. But it's because he's been playing football since since a young age that's made him good at it. There's a book by Malcolm Gladwell called Outliers which explains the theory of genius, and it's not that it's something that he's come up with. A lot of the other people have... There's also a book called uh, Maroon and Aggie Land. 
available from Barnes and Noble and Amazon. Um, the point is that Messi has been playing football from such a young age. Yeah, he's better than all of his competition because because he's got some sort of a nat- natural gift. But a lot of it's down to the fact that practice and the sort of facilities he's been able to. If you, I tell you this for a fact. If me or you were in the we were in the Barcelona youth squad from like 13, 14 years old, we wish we'd be exceptional players by now. Really, you think so? Yeah, because we've been playing every day. I don't know about you, but I did play for a Sunday league team for a bit. I was playing once a week for a couple of years, but you know that was it. it was well, a, this this it was is this is why I even brought it up was because I suppose you kind of just think, what's your purpose? Why are you on this planet? What are you doing? And when I I was growing up, I played football at a fair, fairly high level, and I, I got scouted by teams like Newcastle, Liverpool, and things like that. Mm. And I I look back at that, and obviously it's 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 one of those things that you kind of think, oh, what if it worked out, blah blah blah, and it did work out for whatever reason. But I think with with that. Maybe because I was a goalkeeper, because obviously I was tall and I was blah blah blah. Yeah. And um, I think, what if I was actually put on this planet to be a goalkeeper, but for example, in a different sport, like ice hockey or something like that, where I would never have that opportunity to actually find out. Maybe I was a me- maybe I was meant to be an ice hockey goalkeeper, for example. It's just one of those things you'd never ever 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 know in a billion years. Yeah. But it's just like I was given a gift to stop things. <laughs> yeah. And I just think, I don't know, it's one of those things that sort of blows your mind. You don't know because you don't know. It's interesting. I was, I used to be a goalkeeper as well when I was uh, like eight, nine, ten years old and I got a trial with Sheffield United and um, basically I, I'd, I'd say I was like, I was good for my like my age compared to other people but I blew it on the, on the day of the trial um, just from like being really overwhelmed with, with nerves, etc. But imagine, you know, imagine if that had gone differently. Imagine if I got picked for them. I would have been playing in the, these teams and getting the sort of training, really intensive training from, from, I think I was about 10 or 11 years old. And I would probably be like a good player made it to the professional level at some point just because of doing it so much, so regularly. That's the thing. For me, like growing up with that, it was... The thing is, it went from playing football for fun, it went from playing football for uh, like having a good time and actually enjoying the sport, and then it changes to the pressure aspect, and that was something that I could never really yeah. keep up with, because I suppose you play football to have a laugh, and you, you genuinely enjoy the sport, you love it, and you, you play it to obviously enjoy it, and then it goes from that to then suddenly you're training like five, six times a night, you've got these coaches on your back, get better, get better, get better, because yeah. obviously they want to see a check at the end of the day of it. Yeah. And it is, it is crazy, and that's why I've, I've, I've played with footballers that play for that play professionally now, and I don't think that I, I only respect them more because I know they went through that horrifically pressurised time that I couldn't go through because I didn't have the balls for it. Yeah. Because it's just, it is mental. Like, when you're 13, 14, and you've got, like people throwing careers at you and th- like signing you up as like an agent or whatever it's just ridiculous yeah it's and how I, close how close did you come then it's difficult to say i mean i i had i physically had my own agent 
Oh, really? Yeah, I was part of an academy, um, Paul Elliott Football Academy. Actually, the Reading captain, Jem Karakan, who plays, who plays for them now, he was like the best player in the team. Mm. And there's been a Andros Townsend who played for England. He plays for England. Yeah, yeah. He was part of the team. Went on tours with him. Oh really? Funny story about him actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. His dad, because obviously he's re recently he's become prominent because he played for England, scored for England on his debut. Yeah. And we were obviously all the families would go to watch the games and stuff. And his his dad basically came out after the England game. Saying, oh, like, yeah, it was obviously it's all paid off. Like, watching him every week on those Sunday mornings when he was growing up, 11, 12 years old. Yeah. He was never there. Really? Never there, no. <laughs> His mum was, but he was never there. Really? Yeah. That's funny. So it's, it's quite funny, yeah. Wow. So, so, you, were, so you, were you were, like, mixing with the big boys? Mixing with big boys, but I just, it was one of, one of those things that when you're 13, 14, you can't make decisions like that for yourself. Mm -hmm. You. Again, it's always this thing like grass is always greener, and I always think back to like maybe what if, what if, but and that uh, the problem is if you're probably not cut up for it at that age, you're probably not cut out for it now. Yeah, you do change. I do think you change a lot, but I think there's a basic truth in there, and like like you say, um, if my heart, for example, just for what I would say, if my heart was really in football, if I really wanted to do it. I, I would have taken it more seriously and played more regularly mm -hmm. anyway, and I probably would have had more more other attempts at uh, trials and stuff like that. The fact is, it just wasn't like as much as I enjoyed football. It's not something I lived and died for. It was just a hobby. That, that's, that, that's, and the big thing for me is like with work and and writing, writing a book and everything like that. I have a lot of regrets with footballing and growing up and maybe with decisions and stuff I don't want to have that in 10 years 20 years time when I look back at writing or mm. like doing a second book I don't want to think back like oh I wish I'd done that I wish I'd done this instead so that's again that's a big reason why for me that I want to do the second one because I don't want to think back like oh I wish I just had the balls to do it yeah because I think that's a big thing because you just you're life's too short to have regrets and life's too short to be like oh I wish I'd gone down this path I wish I'd gone down that path yeah it's like you got to take just take the bulls by the horns essentially yeah yeah um, I know what you mean but th so going back to your original question then do you think there is something you're born to do I think you get given certain attributes yeah that make you whether, you, whether it's well I don't probably think of it it's just obviously handed out on a plate but the way you're moulded the way you sort of grow up you have certain things where it's like you were probably meant to do this or you were meant to do that. But I don't know, it's just one of those things that you always hear stories of people just going into situations that they never would have been in and they're suddenly the best at it mm. and they've never never done it before. This is the thing, I think it's a lot to do with, I, I think it's pretty much all to do with luck and where you grow up and how you grow up and what chances you're given. I think all life is to do with luck. Yeah. It's all about being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Knowing the right people. And obviously there's some things that interest you more than others. It's why you pursue them. But even that, I imagine, at some level has got to do with just like certain things you've been introduced to when you're really young. Um, and I just think that's, that's the way it goes. When you were a kid, did you ever believe staunchly in something that was just ridiculous? Like, did you ever hear something... 
and then think that was the truth, but you found out later in life that that was complete BS? Yeah, probably a lot, but give me an example. The re the, a good example is with the solar eclipse recently. <laughs> right. So, I don't know what it is, but it's the first one we've had for, what, 15 years, whatever, and there's not going to be another one for 19 years. Mm. Obviously, it's the bloody moon going in front of the sun that makes it into... Did you see it on... Nah. Do you not see it at all? You're probably asleep. Well, no, I was actually awake, but the thing is, it was so foggy around here, I couldn't see anything. That's the thing, it was exactly the same where we were. We were, like, given five minutes to have a little look outside. <laughs> And I remember thinking, when I was younger, I genuinely thought if you even looked at the sun for one second, you would just be blind immediately. Yeah. Did you have that? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember being told when I was a kid, yeah. like, if you look at the sun, you'll just, you will never be able to see again. Yeah. And so I used to take it, like, even, like, going back to the football thing, like, if, like, a cross, as a goalkeeper, a cross came in, and, like, the ball would be in the sun, yeah. Like I would just not, I would just completely, like, not even look. I'd go, like, completely left, like, because I'd be like, um, there's no way for a shitty little Sunday league cross, I'm losing my eyesight. Because I, again, going for the senses, your eyesight's the best one. If you haven't got eyesight, what have you got? <laughs> yeah, probably. It's difficult. I'm always torn between the, the, the sense of hearing and the sense of eyesight, but, yeah, sight is probably... Well, for a problem. music fan, yeah. Yeah. But... I, if you haven't got eyes, what have you got? Yeah, no, I know, I know. I know. It's an existence not worth living. Yeah, yes. I mean, <laughs> it's a big one. It's a big one, I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> a big one. Um, yeah, okay. I can't think of anything like that, but I know what you mean. I just think it's taken... The thing is, that's not entirely true or false, because looking at the sun will damage your eyes. But obviously you can't You have just, to look at it for a certain amount of time, don't you? You can't just open your eyes in the sun and you'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you do take, I took things more seriously when I was younger, health advice and stuff. I was a bit of a health geek, though. I wouldn't even, like, want to have paracetamol and things like that. Seriously? Cause, yeah, because I was really anti, like, really anti, that, like, drugs and, and po Why? putting poisons in your body. Why? Just the way I was. I was a bit, I was there must be a reason for that. There must be, like, a documentary you watched or something like that. It's just my personality. I was more, um more cautious and more concerned about the world and just, you know, I don't know, just think, took things quite like that quite seriously. Um, Try to avoid having caffeine and things like that. But anyway... And now look at you, <laughs> just sipping down coffees like they're going out of fashion. Well, yeah, there you go. Think you change, you get older, you get... you, you Like you say, you have, take things more seriously. Well, I took things more seriously when I was younger than I had the experiences which shattered these, these beliefs made me realise that a lot of these things you're taught are, uh, are bad to do aren't actually that bad. There's a lot of grey areas. Uh, I can't think of any, any specific examples, but but just generally. Well, the, uh, and this is and I can't believe I didn't make more of it when we recorded last time. Your whole vegetarian fiasco. Yeah. When I re-listened to the <laughs> podcast recently, you saying the fact you're parents made you a vegetarian up to the age of, what was it, 14 or something like that? Yeah, yeah, 13, 14. That's fucked up, mate. I... Have you had a conversation with them recently about it? I'm pleased, I'm pleased they did it in, in hindsight. Well, hindsight's wonderful because you can say, well, at least I went 14 years without having a, having a, having a bacon sarnie. I think a vegetarian diet can be quite healthy for you. I don't think... But I just love the wishy-washiness of it. 
the fact that you got to a certain age and like your parents were like, fucking hell, we've gone 13, 14 years now without a bacon sandwich. Is it, is it, should we just, should we sack it off? Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is. <laughs> You've got to admit, I, and I said, when I read this with the podcast, I was like, why am I not shouting out? Why am I not literally killing you for this? Because that's so weird. No, but the thing is, you, you, you must appreciate this. When you get to like your teenage years, you start just going against the way you've been brought up. Up to a certain point, you see your parents as like you. You see them with really high. Well, whatever they say goes. And whatever they're, they say they're goes. They're your only administrators. And then you start when you get to teenage, you start questioning it and going the other way and just ignoring whatever they say and doing the opposite. So I was like, you know, I was going through that phase, and then obviously my brother he was two years behind me and he copied me. But how does it filter down? Had you gone to someone's like house and they'd just been right no. sausages, bacon, kebabs, chicken. Let's the, get on it. The son. truth is, it, it became embarrassing. I get, I got more like self-conscious when I was teenager, and it's embarrassing to say, "Oh yeah, guys, all right, lads, I'm a, I'm a vegetarian." <laughs> I didn't mind it when I was younger because I was like, it made me stand out a bit more, and I was a bit more of a show off, I guess. But then when I became a teenager, I just wanted to fit in with everyone, and I hated this fact that I, that I had these weird parents, these weird hippie parents that made me a vegetarian. What like, was their, what's their belief behind it? Did they have any specific? Just moral reasons. Just for the, moral reasons, like don't like. Cruelty to animals. They like cruelty to animals. There's a there's a, a little bit which is human rights. Like, um, but you can grow is... you can grow more crops. The the land you grow to feed animals, you can use more uh, effectively if you just make crops for humans. But this is what I don't get: is that they did it with you. Well, if they if if you had just decided, right, like, I want to have the odd sausage here and there, then that's, that's fine. Right. The thing, okay. the fact they yeah, yeah, then yeah, yeah, switched yeah. as well is what gets. It's as if they you, they went to the supermarket, and bought a couple <laughs> of a couple of sausages, and thought, yeah, well, we'll just sneak a couple of in for us then. Okay, the truth is, like, it's almost as if two wrongs make a right. If you want my opinion, that this whole decision process happened before I was born, but I think my mum was engineering it, and my dad went along with it. So the whole time. He still wants a bit of meat, but you know he's not allowed to. <laughs> and I guess you build up after doing it a year That's or two years. That's a divorce pal. Or three years, you just you get you're like, oh no, why break it now? The North South Collide podcast. North South Collide. Do you think he was secretly going off to like KFC sessions <laughs> at work? Because. There's no way, I'm sorry, but there's no way you can go from being a meat eater and then suddenly go and write 13 years without. Absolutely not. Well, they, first of all, they didn't like become fed, um, they didn't start eating meat straight away. There was a, a couple of years that went by. But then they just decided, like, they just change, they're just like, as you get older, I suppose, your, your, the feelings of being, of, of your, of like being radical and making a change and stuff go and, and they, they didn't feel so strongly about moral issues and he, he'd only given it up I honestly don't think he ever gave it up you reckon he was on, on the slide take, having a little lunch little hours were spent with a bargain bucket <laughs> Why, wiping the, the evidence off his face before he comes home I just can't see how you can go non and then 13 years without it's a bit, a bit like this imagine if you like after this situation you had with when when you went for drive February, decided to give up a bit. Imagine if you just decided to say like I'm gonna be a lot healthier, I'm gonna give it up for a year and you feel better after a year. Maybe you'd think you'd keep it going for a few years, but then ten years down the line 
maybe thinks to yourself, why, the, why am I doing this anyway? <laughs> I fancy a beer, and then you just start drinking That's again. That's true. It's just like, your your opinions and beliefs just do change with time. Sometimes when you're when you're in a you build up some momentum with something, you keep it going for a while. You carry on with it just for the sake of like putting years on the clock or whatever. And then at some point something will happen when it'll change your perspective and you think, oh, why why am I doing this? Sometimes I question with my think to myself about going vegetarian again. Really? Yeah. The, the pro- my problem with veggies, right, <laughs> is they're so self-righteous and they'll throw it, like, at your face as if, because you eat meat, you're some sort of, like, animal sort of thing. There is a lot, I think there is a lot of self-righteousness that surrounds it. Maybe, but I've never really come across that, but that's, like, the personality, isn't it? People who do good as you want to, like, you want to act like they're doing better than But it's going to happen anyway. You might as well just have your bacon sausage sandwich. You, what you mean? What, you yeah, mean the you being a vegetarian is not influencing no. anything in the food chain. You being vegetarian is not going to make that sausage sandwich taste any different. No, that's, that's the point. That's true, but if enough, if you never, if no, there's no, not there is no like if enough people do it, things will change. It's going to continue. This cons- in this age of consumerism, no, the, the whole world has never eating meat as much as we are now it ain't gonna yeah. stop it's only gonna get more and more that's true that's true but if you do but some people do it because they really love animals and they hate the thought of an animal being killed and if you have that's, that's such a strong emotional attachment then you are not gonna feel good about eating meat anyway I was with on this trip to Barcelona there was a vegan there with us and this guy what was this trip to Barcelona like univer- um yeah, univer- I just been to Barcelona recently with some university. You've gone to back to university. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I should do. Um, some university, old university mates had a big like weekend in Barcelona. Dude, yeah. And there was a vegan there with us, and it's so difficult for him to find stuff to eat. But the thing is, it, this was someone who really loves animals, and it's like he couldn't feel right with himself eating it because he he attached had an emotional attachment to the thought of the animals dying for him to eat that food, so he couldn't enjoy it anyway. And I think if that's the case, some people aren't doing it just because they want to put a stop to animal killing. They're doing it just because they can't really stomach having it themselves. I have a good story of a recent university reunion. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, it's like with the secret Santa, what are the odds of this happening? Like, you wouldn't even think that this would even be conceivable. Mm. So I lived with three guys at uni. Actually, I can, I can sort of spread this out. My first year at university, there was five of us. Me and four lads. And with university, you don't know anyone. The, the first year, you don't know anyone. Yeah, you're just People, thrown in the mix. Exactly. People can basically say about what they like, and no one will ever have any sort of indication of if it's true or not. Mm. Because you're literally coming from a blank canvas. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. the first year there was five of us and there was a guy that lived there I won't name names but basically, he basically lied about his whole life said all these things completely made all of it up mm. made us think he was someone that he wasn't and eventually after that first year I don't really want to go too much into it because he's probably quite accessible to find out but he Basically, we kicked him out because we found out eventually that he'd lied about pretty much everything 
So in in our third year, we there was only four of us. We we kicked him out, and um, so yeah, there was this guy, one of my best mates. He uh, he was sleeping with this girl that he lived local to, um, where close to where he lived. He was sleeping. He slept with her a few times during that anyway, but. She, she was the only person we knew of his background, like back home, of one of, he's, again, he's one of my best mates, and she's the only, like literally one of the only people we know that like lives local to him, and mm. we went back, and we, basically what we do is like every couple of months, we basically go around everyone's towns, Yeah. there's, there's like seven or eight of us, and we go around everyone's towns and basically have a weekend there and go clubbing or whatever and have a good time. Mm. And it came round to his one, and it was the first one that we'd done at his since we'd left uni. And she was the only girl that we knew that was around his area. And we'd all taken the Friday off work to have, like, big Friday and then a big Saturday. Yeah. And, and so we all got the train there about two o'clock, half two. We'd stayed at this, like, Premier Inn hotel, like, cheapest, ch- cheapest hotel you can find in the area, basically. Yeah. And again, this we haven't seen her for about four years. We haven't seen her for four years, five years. Hadn't heard her even name. All we'd known is obviously, obviously, we'd known her because she used to come round and he used to sleep with her. And um, so, again, had no idea. Anyway, we went to this hotel, and he and our mate had come to pick us up at the station and in his car to drop us off at the cheap hotel to check in. So we got to this hotel, checked in. And who was at reception? This one girl. Right. That we, the only girl that we knew in the whole town, the whole area within about a 55 mile radius. And she happened to be there. And he had no idea. He had no idea he worked, that she worked there. He, had, he hadn't spoken to her for four or five years. I mean, what are the chances of that? Her being at, working that shift Mental. on that Friday in that particular place. Yeah. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen because we got there. Obviously, we're happy as Larry. We've had a few beers. Yeah. He's like having no idea. We're checking in, and it's like, oh my god, it's so and so. Like yeah. this is ridiculous. It was so. He went bright red, completely embarrassed by the whole thing. We all just absolutely fell about the place laughing. Oh, it's just like one of those things. What are the chances of that happening? It's ridiculous. But he still lived in the same area. So he still lives in the same area, yeah. So he might have known. He, he, there's, like, he could have known that she was working. He had no idea. He hadn't spoken to us since university. He had no idea she was still living there or anything oh, right. like that. So it's literally one of those things where it's like, how? Was she embarrassed about Yeah, that? massively. Because the last time we'd seen her was when she was like slumping out of his room. Walking shame. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose these things happen, don't they? With, like, it's funny because university, when you're at university, you can just go night out after night out after night yeah. out because your body is so, like, just used to it. Well, it just recovers so quickly. Yeah, it can yeah. take it like an absolute champ. Yeah. But now, nowadays, like, we did a two-night thing, Friday, Saturday night. We did the Friday night, did, like, a pub crawl, end up at a club, blah, blah, blah. And then the Saturday, everyone just wakes up like they've been hit by a bus. Yeah. Didn't even go out the Saturday night. Really? Stayed in. How tragic is that? Yeah. Watched a bit of match of the day and went and had an early night. <laughs> yeah. It is ridiculous, though. It's so funny because you think, like, three or four years ago, we were just smashing it every night. And now you think, like, we can't even do one. <laughs> it was quite ridiculous. Yeah.
these are the last two weekends I've had there's a little bit of feeling like that but I was like I've got to make the most of it and just like yeah, so drink through the drink through it a little bit and then you're alright it's all about the sleep I think yeah. you get you get a, you get a sleep you get a good sleep then you can recover pretty much alright right enough for the next day but if you're in bad sleep in a comp- bad sleep situation or you you know you're sharing with someone or something this is the really? this is the funny thing. Whenever I whenever I drink, I never sleep well. Really? So I'm I'm very light sleeper. So if I drink, I'm always like I'm asleep, but I always sort of have one half eye open. Mm. So it's like if any like if there's any sort of movement, I'll just wake up straight away. Or if there's any like yeah. sound, I'll yeah. wake up straight away. And that was the best thing about doing dry February and not drinking. I've never slept so well. Really? Yeah, like every single night it was just like a baby. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just unreal. And that's kind of why I don't, I don't really drink as much now. Because you just think, I oh, fucking can't wait to have a nice kid. <laughs> yeah. It makes you sound like an old man. Yeah, it does a little bit. Are you yeah. still stealing drinks? Um, nah. I mean, when we last spoke about it, I just want to reiterate, this is like... <laughs> Something you want to set the record straight. This, what, this you think you got a bad rap? This, this happened once, you know, recently, and it was just complete chance. Like I said, someone handed me a beer in a club, and the next time there was an unopened beer on the table that was just lying around for half an hour, so I took it. Um, I don't, I don't do that anymore. Okay, except when I'm clearing up drinks from around the bar, then yeah, maybe I will help myself to a little, a little bit here and there, but. That's not stealing necessarily. Is it not? Because this is a drink that's going to go down the bin, down the sink or in the bin. So you claim. Yeah. I always used to romanticise like pubs and stuff. Like I always thought like only a pub would be the best job ever. Really? What would you? What would you say honestly? What would be your like, ideal like best perfect job? If you, if I could say now, right, like didn't clean slate, your horrendous past is forgotten. Your horrendous future of wanting to squat <laughs> is forgotten. You can do whatever you want. What would you choose to do? I'd be a rapper. Apart from that. And I can do anything. Yeah. Well, I'd be an actor. Really? Yeah. Why? Because it's like, because like, I love films. What sort of stuff would you want to act in? Like, films like, basically I'd like to make films that I really love, things like... I guess like like Scorsese films or um, Tarantino or these sort of ones like quite gritty, quite realistic, but quite stylish at the same time. I'll tell you something I've got really into recently: a good documentary. Yeah. And I know you're a documentary fan. Yeah, yeah. But there aren't many good ones out there. No, no, they're not. Are, they are scarce. There, they are. I mean, I really like Louis Theroux, for example. Mm. I think he's he's really good. Um, See, that's what I would envisage you doing. Yeah. Like, that sort of thing. I think I'd be quite good at With that. With your squatting. That's your first one. I think... I think. I, I th- and here, to my right, is a squatter. He might look like he's shooting up heroin, <laughs> but really, he's he's not a parasite on society. He's doing good. I, I genuinely... He's putting money into the economy via a middle man. I think I would be good, and I'd like to do ones where it's like... Things, you have the personality for it, because you're not... You're not someone who's, who's overbearing. You're someone that I think can relate to to any man on the street. Yeah, because you look like one. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I could fit in could quite easily. Could you I? could slip into any role. You could slip into the average squatter. You could sl- slip into a banker. You could slip into anything. Yeah. Do you know you, you, you can doff your cap to many to many variations. I think that's true. And if we take if we take apart the the rapper and actor actor thing, which are quite similar roles anyway, because it's like artist uh, artist creative sort of package role. them up. I would be uh, <laughs> I'd be a spy for MI5 serious yeah it's one of those things though isn't it actually I, it's a good story actually I so this so I went on a thing where you try and find out a bit about your career and what you want to do and mm. find out a little bit like it's like a coaching session sort of thing and where I went there they actually did like things for MI5 and they had Interviews for that, and they actually, they were actually based within the building, yeah. and they had like this locker outside where you had to like leave your phone and all your belongings and stuff. And basically, from those hours, you're not the same person. You go in, you come out, and then you just continue your normal life. Mm. It's very interesting. But the person that was showing me around was like, every, he because he knew a lot of people that did it, and he was like, it's the most boring job because yeah. all you're doing is observing yeah. and all you're doing is I suppose what you'll do you'll, you, you'd spend 20 years of observing and just looking at things and then finally one what one second you'll finally find out something that might save I don't know 100 lives or whatever Yeah, it's just making sure you're on the ball it's ba- yeah but it's basically listening what, reading through like yeah. Facebook pages Twitter pages listening to foreign radio broadcast that sort of thing it's fascinating yeah I was like come on mate smuggle me in yeah get a, get a job there so what would it's you... one of those things that everyone is sort of romanticised yeah because it's not because you think James Bond don't yeah. you but it's not that shaken not stirred please pal that's the thing that's the thing yeah it's not really like that but unless it was time if it was time of war then I think it could be a bit exciting but um, otherwise not no go on so what, what would be your fantasy job then if you could do anything. My fancy job would be... That's a good question. Author. Yeah? Really? Obviously. But, but you already have that, in a way. So I could support myself. Okay, so you're actually earning a living. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because that I've said to you before, I don't like the... Like, people that cut, like, when I was introduced on radio or whatever on TV when I was in Texas it was like oh we've got an author Josh Berry who's written yeah. it but it just feels ridiculous because I'm not an, I don't feel like I'm an author I feel like an author is like a title whereby that's your job that's your title whereas I was getting introduced to an author but I'm a fucking sales manager yeah. at some company that no one's ever yeah. heard of so it's uh, so it's, it's kind of like a side thing whereas I would love to obviously be able to do that full time and go around the world and experience things and tell things in a in a funny way that's going to be able to sell a lot but again it's just shooting for the moon isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. sometimes you go to though mate you can't stop dreaming you can't stop dreaming other than that you know general sports journalism stuff that's what I did a degree in. Yeah. Anything related to that, but it's, a, it's just the the world of it is such kiss ass. It's such like who you know. You just have to everyone that I've known, like because obviously I did a degree in it, degree in it. So everyone like, I know that's basically chased that dream for three or four years now. Everyone I know that's gone down that path hasn't got anywhere. 
because it's yeah. just you're pissing into a barrel <laughs> yeah no it's true when I was looking for a job I was I was like applying for sports journalist stuff and they were just because it is the dream job and everyone has that dream job because yeah. every sportsman and I'm in the exact same category every sportsman that didn't make it what's what? the next best thing writing about writing and fucking doing media on it yeah and so everyone that didn't make it as a sportsman is then going into that field and that's why for, for, for the sort of the, the first sort of step of it for me when I wrote the book was I was hoping it would sort of propel me it was like get my name in the, on the map sort of thing yeah. so I hope for, for the field and the good thing is that obviously American football is something that is growing and growing in this country so I hope that when it does sort of get bigger and bigger that will hopefully stand for something Yeah. that I actually did something rather than didn't do anything yeah <laughs> so yeah it's, I don't know it's just one of those things that will play out but in the meantime bills have got to be paid yeah well that's, that's a, the disgusting reality that is it that is a disgusting reality that's the thing the way I look at it though the more like I don't think it's like I'm not really a careers person when I go for these interviews that I don't get I can tell the the, well, the, I'm, I'm the thing is when you're doing for. these like twenty to twenty five grand a year jobs or whatever, they're not. It's not. You don't have any affiliation to it. You don't have any loyalty. So it's yeah. it's kind of like, and no one does because everyone goes into them with the same. Everyone is the same. Like I'm better than this. Yeah. Everyone. No one thinks right. I'm on a 20 grand a year job, sorted for life. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem. Crack though. open the, the carver. I think that's the problem where people think they're above it. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's a job, really, that's, that's going to pay your bills and keep you living. You should be thankful for that and just put your, like, your energy into it and make good out of it, I think. I mean... But that's what you were in, pal, and you walked away. Yeah, but it's true. And you're now squatting. It's true, which 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 is like it's never because I thought I was above the job, though. I just thought that uh, I was basically wasting my time because I wasn't taken seriously enough because I didn't didn't have the same. Well, this is the, this is the age old thing we've always said. We didn't want to look back when we were thirty and be like, I was just pushing buttons for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's just. Doesn't feel good because it's you know you're not really making a good benefit or just you, know, you need satisfaction out yeah. of job. If you're putting that amount of hours, that amount of effort into a job, it needs to be you need to feel fulfilled. I think. Yeah. And you need to think it's going somewhere as well. You need yeah. to think that even if realistically it's going to take 12, 18 months to get where you want to be, it needs to be in aid of something. Not just you're at the bottom of some ladder mm. and there's no way up. There's no fucking steps on it. Yeah, you've got. To, you just got to enjoy it. That's what life's about. Isn't it? Yeah. Just being happy. And if you're not, you got to make a change. Where do you think you'll go now then? So you're on your on your bar staff. You're looking actively looking. Yeah, I'm just gonna get like um, the my main my main just motivation at the moment is just writing music and I've got an ambition that I want to write and, and release an album and I just I'm gonna I just want to like have uh, evenings and weekends free so I can do um, so I can have performances at open mic nights and stuff and I just want to work towards a goal of getting this this album done so that I've got something to say like yeah I did that that was something I wanted to do 
It's a standout thing, though, isn't it? It's like yeah. When I see with the book and stuff, I'd hope that stands out on my CV over than fucking how many months pushing buttons on a, on a computer. Yeah, it says more about you because you've done it on your own steam. Yeah, That's, this is the thing. Like with with jobs and that, it's you obviously want to chase something you're passionate about, and you obviously want to do. You want to sort of have. I suppose you want to have the best of both worlds because you're in the if you're in this industry of doing your nine to five and basically doing it to pay bills, you need that sort of second wave where you're doing something that you're actually genuinely passionate about. Yeah. Because it gets you through. I mean, like the job I'm in at the moment, that's something I only envisage doing for as I've said to you many times in the past, for like three six months, just to get me over the line when I was writing the book. Getting that done, so I've obviously got financial stability, have that comfort of doing the book. I've now been there 18 months. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that if you told me I'd be there 18 months, I'd have laughed at you 18 months ago. But Yeah, and then it just creeps up and you just you, Time goes so quickly and a paycheck is a paycheck at the end of the day. Yeah. If you know money's coming in the next month, you just get comfortable, don't you? And it's just like... As we used to be back in our old job, we were so good at it, and that's not even being modest, but <laughs> we we just conquered the systems, the fact we could just do what we liked. Yeah. And it got to the point, it got so easy, we both thought, fuck it. Yeah, you've got to... Um, I mean, we could have put more effort into it, I suppose, and tried to better ourselves, but you... I don't think we could have, pal. <laughs> you've got to... Uh... We pissing. <laughs> You've got to have, like, I don't know, some belief that you're doing something that's worthwhile and then you'll be able to put a bit of passion into it and a bit of effort. Whereas we weren't putting that in. I can speak for myself and say that, you know, I was really uh, not not earning my... The, the, the salary I was on, I wasn't really working hard enough to earn that or justify that, so that had to be a change. What a disgraceful individual <laughs> you are. I know. Hopefully my managers aren't, aren't listening now. Your reference has just been pissed down a barrel. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a thing, isn't it? But that's life. It goes on. It goes in circles. I mean, what ideally would you do next, then? Would you want just a standard office job so you can continue your passion for music alongside? Yeah, but I'd like something that's a bit quirky. bit quirky? I, yeah. A bit fashionista? A bit just like... Maybe not working out of an office, but I don't know, but just doing something that's a bit just different. Something where I could learn, for example. Something where I could do something different to what I've done now and learn. Maybe nothing to do with computers or writing. This is the problem, again, that I sort of get to, is that once you do one job or you do two jobs, you get typecast. Pigeonholed a little bit. You get, this is all you're going to do. Yeah. And again, that's something that I do sales at the moment. I fucking hate sales. The, the thought of doing sales for the rest of my life makes me want to jump off a bridge <laughs> so the thought of and, the, and that's again a big thing that I'm a little bit wary of I don't want to do it too long so I don't get pigeonholed but yeah. at the same time an employer or a recruitment agency is going to like oh okay they're not going to look for the rest they're not going to care that I worked in, that I did a book in, on Texas A&M they're just going to see it that I worked at Texaco a petrol station <laughs> and then worked at, as a salesman so that's all they're going to see yeah. that's, that's what worries me a lot it's true yeah but I mean it's fun at the same time though you don't care, you don't know what's going to happen yeah who knows mate who knows pal who knows 
Who knows? So hopefully something good, but hopefully we'll just win the lottery. And <laughs> maybe off and maybe it's going to be a life of like failed ambitions, depression, anxiety, and some sort of horrible, horrible premature terminal illness. I was in the the mall, post oak mall. I was buying something in the in one of these like t-shirt shops, NM t-shirt shops. They have all these like cool t-shirts. I think they're an affiliate of Aguilar and Outfitters. And I was buying it, and I think like, my card got declined because it was US or whatever, and I had to pay my cash in the end. And there was two people behind me, and they're like, "Oh, I wonder if that." They heard my accent. They're <laughs> like, "I wonder if that's that English guy that wrote the book." And I don't know, things like that. I've been on the radio the day before, so you kind of, it's just one of those things that that will never happen in a billion years. Of, like, that will never happen over here. You've never come across that anything because it's such like an isolated incident, mm. it's such an isolated like community, and it's such a like just, I don't know, a unique thing you'll never have again. Like, people actually hearing your voice and then presuming you're the person that like that they've actually heard of it and actually recognise it. And the guy, and there was, it was a couple, and the guy was like, oh yeah, I've And that's a wrap. Boom. Boom down. It's a wrap. Jay Pezzle and Dido Yates. Ta da!